I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. When you kiss me, fever, when you hold me tight. Fever. Welcome to Fever FM. Tonight we're talking the doubleheader that happened at home. A glorious occasion, or one that should have been. Um, let's just run straight into it. Why don't we go chronologically? Uh, the women's game. Uh, the Wahinix playing uh, the Wanderers. A bottom-of-the-table clash, unfortunately, and one that I am assuming both teams wanted to win. There's a there's a truism for you. Jeez. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Dale, you spoke first. You can go in. <laughs> I mean, no team ever wants to win, do they? I mean, it's silliness. Hard to know what to make of the game, I guess, because, you know, Wanderers are down the bottom as well. But we showed a. I mean, I only managed to turn up to half, at half time and, and I got to my seat, and then about a minute later, we conceded the equaliser. So. Remind me again? Yeah, that's, that's quality work there, Dale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone wants to pay me to stay away. I'm more than happy to receive those. Uh, those payments, but um, is, it, so is that a Patreon or an OnlyFans? Oh, depends if you want to see something in return, I suppose. You, you, OnlyFans of video record myself at home watching the TV or something. Won't be that excited. OnlyFans of you not being there. Yeah. Allocate me a seat. Just live stream <laughs> the empty seat. Cam, you had a somewhat different view. Um, uh, how did it feel those initial uh, few minutes? Yeah, actually, uh, well contested. I thought we actually were the better side. Um, certainly uh, looked creative. And um, it's the first time I've seen us bar those two halves we talked about earlier on in the season where it felt competitive all the way through that, that particular you know stage of play where we felt uh, felt the, the game. There was no point where I felt that game was going to get away from us, shall we say. Trace, what was your, your feeling on the, the initial part of the game? I thought it was tight, and obviously both teams being bottom, you can kind of see why that happens. But um, I was surprised that we seem to be holding our own quite well. And I know that surprise probably sounds a bit harsh, but, I mean, given the last few weeks, it's true, isn't it? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, we're we're missing... Maybe four starters, I guess. Maybe five. So that's it's quite a big chunk of your starting eleven out. Um, so I guess that's... Lily, Kate, uh, Wynnum, Rollo. Who else am I missing? Satchel. Yep, Paige Satchel. Continuing the concern of of the sort of attacking, you know, third or, or whatnot is again our goal was somewhat of a um, you know a melee in the box. So we've had an own goal and two melees in the box from corners. Um, we haven't really cut open any team. We looked, or look, look, you know, looked particularly dangerous getting in behind or or anything like that. It, it seems very kind of, I don't know, stilted or just quite uncreative in that the attacking third. And, and, and maybe that's because you know we're missing a, a few players like Alyssa and, and whatnot. Um, but we just don't seem to be getting in behind and getting space and, and using, you know. Pages, obviously not in this game, but her pace in behind. We sort of, it's all the all the defenders seem to be in front of us, um, and we're kind of lucky to kind of get goals at the moment rather than, you know, developing them ourselves. 
Um, one thing we did note uh, was uh, a nominal change in formation by uh, Nat Lawrence to a more of a four-two-three-one. Um, Cam, you you mentioned that that's that would have been your preferred to at least shore up that defence. Do you think it actually worked? Yeah, I do. Um, although we have to take into consideration uh, Wanderers haven't been having a great season as well. I'd like to see that formation against one of the stronger sides that we've already played or will be playing again in the not-too-distant future. But I do think it did. It's taken a bit of the pressure off Betsy Hassett by having an extra body in there with her. Um, also having uh, Grace instead of Alyssa in there as a more of a... Grace, I guess, I guess you'd call her a 10, but I think she's kind of more of a... Between an eight and a ten, she's certainly certainly more defensively minded than Alyssa is, um, and I think that's also made a bit of a difference within that uh, sphere. So their transition play against us hasn't been uh, as quick, and we're showing a lot more ball retention. We certainly were in that game, showing a lot more ball retention, um, just because there's more options there, right? And Betsy isn't just trying to win the ball and then get rid of it. She's able to win the ball, and then there is an option to pass to, or two options to pass to, which are available. So, yeah, I think it has made quite a difference, or certainly did in that game. Um, they say when we get the stronger stronger opponents again, um, I'm hoping we will still see the same impact. It probably won't be as marked because we're playing stronger opposition. But um, so obviously that ball retention kind of it means that the opposition doesn't have the ball. Um, how, how do you think that defensively uh, we went? Yeah, it's, it's, we seemed a bit, maybe a bit more sound, but obviously the, the context is who we were playing. Um, I guess the, the print disappointed with the, the goal they received. You know, they conceded um, just in terms of, of having a, you know, Wanderers midfielder and that attacking third kind of free and and um, and someone jumped out of the line to close that space. Um, I think it was Barry, and that led to that they kind of be able to play in the ball and behind to lead to the goal. So. I guess I'm a bit disappointed with that. I mean, I don't really think, other than that very long-range effort that Brianni Woods tipped over the bar, they didn't really seem to have too many chances other than that. So I guess that's, I guess that's a, a positive sign to take away. I agree. I, I thought Mackenzie Barry actually played pretty well. Um, I think she's taking on, with Kate Taylor being away, she's certainly taken on more of a leadership role than that back four. And it kind of showed, and she really stepped up in this game. I agree, you know, the stepping out of the line happened, but there was a lot of covering defence work from there. And she did it, she got through a power of work to uh, help cover any deficiencies that were in that back line. Um, I think, uh, yeah, she, we could, she should put her hand up as being probably the top performer from that back four for that game. Yeah, uh, shout out to you, Cam. That was a bloody good photo of um, uh, Bree Edwards tipping that ball over. Yeah, I was actually really annoyed because I, I had a sequence of four, and when it, when your camera's shooting it uh, as fast as that fra- that frame rate, uh, if you lose the uh, focus, it doesn't always pick it back up again. So I got that really nice one, and the next two are completely out of focus, and then it's picked up again after the ball's gone out. So I'm really annoyed because the next two, the ball's sitting on her hand and then just past the post, so I'm really gutted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Edwards had a good game too. Um, she was she's feel it feels like she's growing into that role a lot more. I mean, she she's not. I don't know that she's ready to replace Lily Oldfield, but looking really, I think a lot more solid. I think that was her best performance thus far. Um, Agreed. There, there were two two outstanding saves, and that one that we've already just talked about, and then there was one very late. Um, 
uh, from my angle, it was straight down the barrel where I was watching, and I swear it was in. I obviously I don't have perspective, but I swear that was in. I don't know how late her hand was getting to it, but it was a very, very good save from where I was. Um, just to tangentially divert from that, but I thought another person who did really well when they came on was um, Walker as well. Into, I think she came into midfield, didn't she, in that sort of holding yep. role, and really... Um, I don't know. She, uh, she just got on the ball quite a lot. She was she, very, she just looks very casual when she's playing. A eh? like she's just very calm, kind of gets it, moves it on, you know, makes another move to get it back, and just plays it. Kind of like one of those like pivots who just does really well. And I think I remember being quite impressed with her last season. I think she played a number of positions there. I think she might have played centre back at some stage last mm-hmm. year for a bit, and she just looks very comfortable on the ball. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if she's a bit, bit more time to to do mm. that. It, the a uh, player she reminds me a bit of is um, Maddie Steinman. Just always in the right place and just pops up and just, it's nothing, right? And combative too. She's not, she's she's quite happy putting her body around, getting in uh, into combative positions to break up play as well, which Steinman was very good at. Hmm. Um, uh, Foster had a, had a pretty ripping game, I I thought. I mean, I I thought she played. Better. I thought she was the the best player in that um, back four. To be honest, uh, Barry was very good as well. Um, but that whole left side felt like it had some go forward to it. I, to be honest, I think we could actually go through the entire team and and say actually they've probably had their best game thus far. Again, I wonder if you know putting it down to the fact that you know Weston hasn't played particularly well at this point. Weston Sydney hasn't played particularly well at this point as well. But we were the better side in that game, and it showed. And I think that led to you know confidence boost for the players and a uh, effectively a best performance from individuals across a large swathe of that team as well. So it's a, I, we could go through as say yep, Foster had a great game. Um, we could argue that Ava Pritchard, uh, the amount of work that she got through in that closing down defenders, it's a first line of defence uh, and hold up play and feeding out to the other to the other uh, forwards coming through. Um, obviously um, Robertson had an outstanding game for the best one that she's had thus far. So you, you really could point out everyone and say how well they've done. Um, I think we're just going to say that it was, it was just the best team performance and everyone really did put their hands up in that game. Obviously, they needed to win it. They knew they needed to win it. And it was, that's the, was the kind of performance they put out there. Yeah, and they really pushed at the end towards try to find a winner, didn't they? Like It almost felt like that last five minutes was just camped down in their, their half. Um, I think it was one particular chance. I think it might have been in the last couple of minutes where I think Betsy Hassett got the ball on sort of maybe in our own third but she was on the touchline and she had, I can't remember who was in the middle, but just completely unmarked and a ball through would have. Oh, yeah, when she broke up towards the half. Yeah. Yeah, but she like took, oh. she dwelled on it, took four or five touches. And yeah. Then, and then it sort of broke down. Oh, I almost lost my mind. Yeah, so it's a shame I didn't quite see that. Then um, I think there's a couple of other chances, wasn't there? There was uh, a couple of crosses that looked quite dangerous. Um, so... Yeah, I was very disappointed with that, that she didn't let that go. I mean, that she did, you could see her look up. I don't know whether she saw the player out to the left, but she definitely looked up and just had to think about him. By that stage, it was too late to put that ball through. Uh, um, I, who was it that would have been through? Was it Ava or was it Robertson? Uh, I think it was Pritch- Ava Pritchard, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Ava Pritchard at that point. Yeah. She was she she's the nine. She would be in the pinnacle the the pinnacle. Yeah, I wasn't the, sure um, if it, if she'd pulled back or whether it had been Robertson or uh, the other left side. 
it's but not yeah. the first it's not the first time that um Betsy has either taken too many touches or like had three players and still tried to carry on like so I think mm. that's maybe a a work on <laughs> no you're right i I have now that you mentioned it, I recall a few times where she could, would get herself into traffic and just get the ball pinched um the slightly different scenario but yeah, yeah I, I wonder if it's a bit of a you know because she is the most senior player by a long long way and i wonder if there's a bit of the younger team relying on her to do something you know like just to do something magical that will get them out of a tight spot rather than you know um working as a more of a collective maybe there's a, a little bit of that i it definitely was felt that way earlier on because you didn't see much movement off the ball and Betsy was just kind of like, oh, I've got to do something with the ball here. But that scenario, yeah, maybe she was just tired. She was streaking upfield and played a full full game. So it was almost right on the end, wasn't it? Like 80th minute. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think I think there have only been like another play after that and then it was full time. So, yeah, it was right at the end. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Next game is versus Western United, where uh, we're told that Satchel and uh, Rolf, uh, Emma Ralston will be back. Um, where to from here, people? I don't, we haven't actually touched on Makata's goal yet, mate. I think you're jumping oh, ahead yeah. a little bit there. Um, Take it in as a given. Okay. Because it was actually a little bit messy. Uh, and like our, the first two goals we've scored this season have been... I can't remember if Abel's was from set play, but obviously it went through a pile of defenders. And then Marissa's has been uh, a bit of pinball after a, a corner, I think. And this one was was similar as well, where and it's fallen to Michaela in the right place, and um, and she's slotted home. And it's a nice little finish um, through. I think there was three defenders between her and the goal. But uh, yeah, it was uh, awesome to see her get off the mark. It's great to see a you know Wellingtonian born and bred scoring for the Wellington team. Um, I think that might be the first Wellingtonian goal for the Wellington Phoenix Liberty A League team. Uh, well, she's the first player, so first <laughs> Wellingtonian player. So yes, yeah. probably. <laughs> there we go. So there's one one to celebrate too. Yeah. And I, I, I just got to put it out there. I think I'm broken, but I I don't know why. I just like welled up after she scored. Like nice. It was such a weird experience. Like, but yeah, it happened. Um, now that's legit. If you've been involved in Wellington football, especially Wellington women's football, seeing actually something happen come out of it, that's that's definitely a thing. And it's a, it's uh, also a nice bookmark for uh, obviously those that know football know what's and what's happening. Michaela's life and it's actually quite a nice little bookmark there and something for the community to be quite proud of as well. Um, it was her that got put up on that little pedestal to talk to um, Sky Sports, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, did you like my uh, Not even there? a little pedestal to be <laughs> no, quite frank. A, so apparently they all, step uh, um, Sky wanted them all to be the same height. That was yep. obviously uh, it was, it was, um, Spoons and... Uh, Goran Paladin, was it? Yeah, uh, they're actually roughly the same height. So it was quite a lot. I think there's a good foot, possibly more of that box. It's quite, a, quite It was quite high. Well, they yeah. crouched down. They could have, they could have, but they do have that plinth in front of them, which is not so easy to change the height oh, of. That's true, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it made for a, a brilliant photo, but uh, the goal made for a better photo. It's got a lot of shares, that photo, actually. Yeah. 
Well, it is it is amusing. Let's let's be honest. Um, so, uh, is I mean, obviously, as Dale points out, this it's another scrappy goal. Um, was it one own goal, two scrappy goals from set piece? Um, we're still we're still waiting for that for that open field goal. Uh, does Satch, having um, Paige Satchel and Emma Ralston make that more likely? I feel like it does make it more likely. Um, we have a lot of attacking options, right? I'm not sure how you fit them all in at the moment. Um, I like Ava Pritchard as a player, and I don't think we have another nine that can do quite the same kind of work that she does. But we're struggling to get her into goal-scoring positions, and that's why she's up there, right? So she is going to be or should be our primary goal scorer. I think she has the ability to be so, but until we figure out how we get her on the ball in the box more often, I think those goals are going to flow. Ralston has got a fantastic finish on her. There's no doubt about that, and she's proven at a higher level than A-League as well, um, as has Paige Satchel, uh, but Paige is more of a wide striker. So yeah, I just don't, I don't know how you fit the, the fit them in all, all in there with Alyssa and with Michaela as well, once they're all back and fit and raring to go. I, I have a, a possibility, a four two two two. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's uh, definitely the uh, club option, isn't it? Um, yeah, just watching that and going how much Satchel's got gas on the outside. Robertson's obviously got some gas. Um, they both, they're people. both rapid, eh? They're both yeah. rapid players, mate. But with, with, it feels like Pritchard, if she had a bit more help up top, could open it up and a bit of gas outside. It does leave you with that midfield conundrum, though. Um, Hassett, Wisniewski, Wynnum, um, all vying basically for two spots. And not as well. Oh, yeah, and Chloe not. And she's uh, been taking Walker. the armband as well. So it's not like you're going to be dropping her anytime soon. If she's got the armband, it's because she's, you know, an, an expected pick. Well, there's so. also Walker, as Dale pointed out. She had a, she had a storming game towards the end. She did, and certainly did her selection opportunity no harm. Yeah, I think... Um, do we know anything about uh, Taylor and Allfield's return? Uh, both still not available. I think there was some talk that maybe next week for both of them, but I thought they announced came out today and they were both not on it, so... Yeah, but, but they're both... Are they both on the grass training now? My understanding is that that maybe they are. I don't, but I don't know about returns. Uh, I know just definitely Lily is, um, but I don't. I haven't heard anything about Kate Taylor. Hmm. Well, uh, who knows? But obviously, uh, yeah, the implicit thing is that Satchel and Ro- uh, Rolston are back, so that uh, Taylor and Orfield aren't. Um, so uh, the game against Western United, do we think we've seen enough of an improvement in this game that they can target Western? Uh, Western, of course, have won all five of their games. So, Any points a point, Dale? Uh, yep. I don't think so. Uh, I think I think um, uh, that full 4-2-3-1, actually may be less attacking in that three uh, and um, yeah that's going to leave you quite isolated up the top so and we're already struggling for goals so yeah it's hard, it's hard to see us getting anything out of that particular game um, and haven't they also just signed a Canadian international 
the uh, Western United? I haven't seen that. Is that Danielle Steele? Something like that. Yes, um, I just I saw it announced in the last day or so, uh, but I, honestly, I can't remember. I can't recall the name. Hmm. Sorry, I have not caught that. Um, one person we haven't mentioned uh, that has not been playing, uh, Alyssa Wynnum. So is there any uh, mention of a return for her? Uh, I know that she was uh, she was at the park, but I know nothing else. I don't know either. Oh, okay. Well, that might, might make the uh, selection conundrum a little uh, less difficult for Nat Lawrence anyway. Um Shall we uh, move on to the men's game, seeing as we're already quite lacklustre? Just before we do, um, I quite enjoyed just, just a little bit of crowd commentary. Um, there was a group of three or four young boys behind us in, in the fever zone. Um, they would have been maybe 11 or 12, and they were solidly commentating throughout the women's match. Um, and making calls that you would expect from that area. We were kept, we were looking at each other going, these guys are the future of the fever. Um, they're, they're, they're yelling out things like, you know, go like someone, someone I think went, went for a tackle like early minutes in the game. And these kids are just yelling out, chop her down. Like it was very, <laughs> very entertaining. To Fabulous. To. Awesome. The junior program is obviously working quite well in the fever. <laughs> We we may need to send, uh, set up a mentoring program just to get the uh, the derogatory comments flying thick and fast. Yeah, when I say the term derogatory comments and have to segue straight towards the men's game, I'm just going to leave that a massive gap there. And hello, we're playing Melbourne City. Um, top of the table, unfortunately, they are flying high and fast. Uh, but I thought the men the men's team started pretty well. It was pretty. Um, it's pretty open first half. I thought. I thought it was quite quite end to end. Like they turned up to play. We looked like we turned up to play. There was, uh, was some good sort of attacking movement. Everyone kind of looked a little bit dicey at the back. Um, so yeah, I thought that the game started off quite quite open. And I mean, across the whole game, I thought we should have won that twice over. Really. Um, mm. Well, uh, obviously, um, I'm going to no disrespect to. Josh Laws, but uh, a little more solid at the back with Tim Payne coming back in, um, the old head. Uh, no Sam Sutton, he was out ill, but Moragas is not a bad replacement. Um, yeah, I, I, it felt to me like we were we were quite willing and able to trade punches with them, which for a team in the form that Melbourne City's in, that's a, that's a bold call and a, a one that has gotten our confidence, our hopes up, I think. Yeah, I couldn't tell at the start whether we were playing well or they were playing badly um, as to why we sort of looked so good on the ball and even, you know, just across the park. Um, we, Like you say, we were trading blows, but I think I decided that we were good that day. That was my decision that I came to. Apart from the fact that we lost, obviously. Uh, Even your recollection now was that we were good. I'm going to disclaimer my announcement (laughs) with, I had a few drinks. Fair enough. 
Tracy, as someone who did not have a few drinks, I completely agree with you. Yeah, it, I mean, it kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily summed up our, our year, but that kind of, it, like, it felt like maybe in about the 60th minute is one of those games where you knew you haven't taken your chances, you played the best team in the league, you're going to get punished. And it kind of it played out that way. We just had so many, you know, chances. Um, and really good chances, not like, you know, long-range efforts or... or and chances that we we created, um, obviously apart from that Zavada sort of open goal miss. Yeah, how about we get we get back to that one because we're going to need to spend some time. If uh, you know, we created a lot, not they gifted us a lot. If that kind of makes sense, um, which I guess is, is positive. I guess the the problem is, is we just didn't quite have the yeah uh, we're quite clinical enough to to get us across the line or even snatch a draw or, or what. That's exactly right. We. We didn't win that because we were wasteful in front of goal. Hmm. It wasn't that uh, we couldn't competitive. It wasn't that we couldn't create. It wasn't that City were amazing. It wasn't they closed us down and we, you know, we couldn't. Uh, we weren't in the game. We were in. We were creative. We played well. We couldn't finish, and it was quite literally the only issue was we couldn't finish. And I think Zavada had what eight shots in that game and failed to score. Um, and Whilst he'd been on a patch, obviously, Crive has been on a good stretch of, of goal scoring as well. Um, yeah, there was that was that was all on us. That result was all on us. We should probably rewind to the uh, patch where we did take advantage. Um, Crive and uh, Crive and um, Callan Elliott combining. Uh, Callan Elliott, uh, he's he's come along really well this season. He's his crossing into the box has been excellent. This was another one. Um, Bawley and the, the man that doesn't normally tuck them away uh, has got one. What a finish! Uh, what a yeah. finish! Oh, little was it actually a back heel or was it just a, a side foot? It was uh, yeah. He said it was side of foot, back but backwards. Like the balls come yep. through his legs, and he's just and he's played it behind his leg, kind with, of uh, kind of like yeah. a Cruyff turn shot, right? Yeah, like a, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, it's a really good way to describe it. Um, and yeah. It, it, Absolutely perfectly placed in off the bottom of the post on the far side of the goal, and Glover genuinely had no chance. Absolutely outstanding finish. Glover did get a touch on it, but um, yeah, that uh, honestly, I think maybe we need to get David Ball not looking when he shoots because he he was running in one direction, looking in that direction, and gave it the full no look back heel flick. That was glorious. It was very pretty, um, but. And I don't want to take away from that, but there was absolute scenes at the other end, just like a minute later, where City almost scored in exactly the same way. Mm. Yeah. Like, it would have been, obviously, no one wants to equalise it, but it would have been amazing for that to happen. Yeah, twice in a game, yep. Yeah, it was almost identical. Um, I think even the commentators picked that up, but fortunately it didn't go in. Unfortunately, uh, Matthew Leckie popped up, a very large-looking Matthew Leckie. I don't think I've ever seen him quite uh, looking like he's had so many pies, but he, he uh, certainly got a lot of meat behind that head of his, and uh, fortunately, Ollie Sale didn't have much of a chance, um, meaning that they hit back within two minutes. That is a real hammer blow and the sign of a good team, I think, when they can go down and just lift a level and hit straight back. Yeah, I, I think what we uh, frustrated about that is we had maybe two or three chances to clear our lines before that as well. Like Tracy mentioned the the, the, the the crossbar, but I think we get it back 
we try to clear it goes to one of their players we win it back and then try to clear again but don't sort of clear our lines and it comes back straight away so I think you know the fact we didn't sort of address that will be I think most people oh yeah I'm sure the coaching staff will be pretty annoyed about that aspect of it hmm. um going in at half time one all you got no, thinking... no oh you, you sorry, missed the one yes no, no, no it was one all but you're missing the uh the events you mentioned before oh right well I, I was going to just sum them up I was going to just give it its own uh chapter Oscar Zawada. Chapter. <laughs> oh, mate. It was. It, like, some of them that he missed were real guiltage chances. And then there was the chance that he had basically an open goal. Um, do we want to talk about the, the, the misses prior to that? The, just I'm going to group them all together. The Oscar Zawada guiltage chances that he's <laughs> coughed up. And then the absolute sitter. Or do we want to discuss them individually? Do we have that much time? Yeah, I mean, he had. I think before the the Glover incident, I think he had a header that he had a, a good clean shot. You know, if it at he had at least two that I remember. Yeah, and then there was another. I think it was a slightly diving header in the, in the second half as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it could easily had a, like a hat trick for a guy that I, I've been talking up is this really solid professional who gets the odd chance and finishes. He just kicked me in the nuts, which is ironic because that's the only ball he would have kicked cleanly all day. I guess every player has those, right? Like at every level, you know, just one, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's it just doesn't quite fall for you or or what. Yeah, you get that, but it's it's very rare that it, it the ball just keeps coming to you. You keep getting in the right places and you just keep monkeying it. Um, yeah. So we should get to the the chief monkey incident. Uh, Tom Glover's, um, been, I think it was a back pass. He's he's blocked it with his, just dropped it with, in front of him with his foot uh, and slipped over, bobbled the ball straight out. Zawada's done the, the right thing and chased up on him. Got the ball. Uh, Glover's been trying to get up and all Zawada had to do was basically hit it into, the, into goal. And Glover's done well, to be honest, to recover, to even take, to be standing up. And uh, Zawada's hit it basically straight to him. Am I being unfair? Uh, no, uh, I think <laughs> um, I think what he's trying to do. I, I think he's kind of like if you watch the end, end on replay, he's just kind of roll, tried to roll it into the middle of the goal. Maybe he's a little bit nervous about wanting to, you know, try at the corners and miss. But I think Glover kind of maybe surprises him and getting back into position quite so quickly and, and kind of a bit more hits him more than sort of Glover, you know puts out a leg or anything like that so you know maybe in you know hindsight's a beautiful thing maybe he tries at the corner or takes a touch and tries to dummy him and then and slots at home but yeah i mean if you take that and you go into half time two and up you know that's you know that's gravy that's uh, that's what you want to yes yeah yes. yeah what was it the 42nd minute i think so it would have been all but the end of the half Unfortunately, there was a bit more of that to come. Uh, um, Melbourne City seemed to not be too phased by our attacking forays. They didn't try and shore that defence up particularly, I felt. Just presumably working on the merits of McLaren and Leckie up front, knowing that they've got goals in them. I, th- I thought the first half was probably quite even. And I thought maybe 1-1 one, one was quite fair. I think the second half, I thought we really kicked it up a level. And, and 
you know, apart from, oh, that's a bit of a stupid thing to say, but apart from the two goals they had, I don't think they had another shot in that second half, or at least not one of, of you know, significant note. So it felt like we we had most of the most of the play in that second half. Mm. Well, one of those shots obviously being uh, a Jamie McLaren penalty. Um, uh, Bodhijar Kraev uh, giving, um, what's his name? Uh, I've forgotten his name. Tilio. Tilio, thank you. Um, a bit of a bump. Was this a pen? I haven't seen a replay and I was down the other end looking through a camera. So I genuinely cannot tell you and do not have an opinion. Trace, you want to weigh in? I also don't have an opinion, but right. not because I was looking through a camera, because I was looking down through the bottom of the beer glass. Yep. I don't think it's a penalty. I can, I can see how it's given myself. Oh, you really? Because no, I mean, if you look at the wide angle, Tilio is the one who initiates contact. Contact. He is the one who runs into the the path of where the ball is. So he's kind of run into the side of Grave and then fallen over. Like, I don't see how that should be. You should be rewarded for that. I, I think it's a soft one, but I think that he was able to get his shoulder inside Crive's shoulder so that when Crive touched him, it was more in the back and nudging forward. I, it's not often that those, those are given, but I can see, I can definitely see how VAR didn't overturn it. I, I wonder that because the ref took so long, whether he got a talking like one of the, the linos down that side may have given him something in the ear? I I think, yeah, if you'd seen that from side on, you would have seen Crive's shoulder hitting the back of Tilio, and I, I could see how that... It feels like the football in general is becoming way more like you just can't contact anyone in the box anymore. Like mm. I think we saw in the World Cup, like the smallest of touches, regardless of whether it would bring someone down or stop them from running seem to be a penalty. It just seems like the scope is much wider maybe the last couple of years. I don't know whether that's a, a VAR thing or, or what, but it just feels like a lot more things are being given that are just incidental contact or... Yeah, maybe. Um, I do remember at least one player in the World Cup getting a yellow card for for simulation as well. So Yeah, that was in the World Cup final. Um and that was a genuine dive. That was a great call. I I agree with Dale. Actually, I'm I'm not entirely comfortable with where um, with where the interpretation of contact within the box is going. Um, it's same with the interpretation of handball, because yep. I believe that we had a couple of really good shouts, and at least one of those would have been, I believe, a handball which should have been given um, under current interpretation of laws, but not given and again i going to the ref i actually think he had a quite a shocking game um but the lack of yeah the the lack of contact that gets awarded for a penalty these days feels i don't know it just feels like you're trying to sanitize the game a bit yeah um you you'll never get any disagreement out of me being a reformed center back that 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 all uh, forwards are soft but um I mean, I think the worst part for for me is is he had lost position. Like he had a bad touch, he kind of ran an angle and lost lost the ball. And in trying to get back to get the ball, he ran into a, a player. 
So, like, if he was dribbling, if he had control the whole time and then the contact was made, then I can kind of understand it. But if the ball's kind of floating there and no one's sort of got control of it, I, I, I don't know. It feels like a bit of a stretch that somehow a penalty bit. Hmm. Um, we should uh, give uh, the Knicks some credit because they did uh, get some chances after that. Uh, the best of which was Costa giving the crossbar an absolute hammering. Um, he's gotten all of that quite nicely, just needed to be four inches lower. Uh, and that's 2-2. Two, two. I think you said, Cam, if he scores that, uh, they don't score that third. No, they, the, the third goal they get was because we're chasing, obviously, and they scored it on the break. And as Dale said earlier, it's probably possibly their second accurate shot of the half um, and scored because, you know, everyone was pushing forward and everyone was trying to get the winner. Costa scores that. I think we still dominate the half, but we don't chase with quite the same amount of resource and um, and there's not the same amount of space at the back for them to chase into. And even when we were chasing, we still created plenty of opportunities. There was, like, as we uh, mentioned, the shot to um, Van Hatten, who could have scored. Um, there was other opportunities in there for Krajev and Zavada, I think. Um, there was plenty of opportunity there for us to get those goals. And we could sit here all day and go, oh, it was just one of those games. And yeah, it could be, but we have dropped 12 points from winning positions Just this season. Just one of those games. Yeah, and that's happened to us several times now because, as I say, if we had those 12 points from those positions where we were leading games and have gone on to either draw or loss, that puts us top of the league. So it's hard to say it's just one of those games when it's happened that many times. Um, it's great that we're creating these opportunities. It's great that we're looking so good moving forward, but at some point we need to start doing, obviously, threes and fours every game because we keep conceding down the other end. Uh, Dale, you're the head of the. Um, uh, it's not just one of these, one of those games. If it keeps happening, um, committee. Am I? Okay. Yeah, you you are the chief pointer outer. On the sly, I did I did look at our. I do like XG as a kind of indication of of how a game's gone. I mean, we were miles ahead of them. I think we were two point three, and they were one point five or something. But across the season, I think our XG. On average, per game's like 1.6, and we scored 1.7 goals a game. So, kind of, we're basically on average, and we've conceded about at this about the same rate. So, so it doesn't feel like we're we're not overachieving or underachieving both in attacking or defensive set sense. So, I don't know if it's just one of those games. Maybe it is. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I think I think it is. I think it, but it's it's been exacerbated by you know it being against at the top team, and who's probably top by quite a bit. I, I suspect coming into the season. Ah, uh, they're four points clear with a game in hand, I think. So, I mean, if, if it was against another team, maybe we get a, a draw out of the game, you know, if it's a, a lower team. But it, it feels like some of the reaction to this has been like, we just got spanked 3-0 and we looked, you know, like shit the whole time. Uh, whereas I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't think that's the case either. I'm not even close. But it is... It is certainly a frustrating result, considering how the game went and um, how we've gone thus far this season. Yeah. I thought what was quite interesting, actually, was, was straight after City scored their second goal was Costa came on for Stephen Yurgarkovic and we played one holding midfielder. Um, and that's quite, you know, that was like 50, 52, 53 minutes. So I don't think we've really seen that from Ufi before being so um, willing to change his formation quite so early in the game. I could understand it, you know, we still had 40 minutes to find an equaliser, but he kind of threw an extra body forward. Maybe he felt like they were a bit more susceptible at the back 
And we were incredibly dominant as well. Like, we were, we had all that ball, we had all that territory, we were really pushing that game and taking it to City and and, uh, ruling that roost. Um, I can understand why he's done it, because he's basically going, I don't think we need that extra body in there, because we are already so dominant in this space. Yeah. And it was it was accurate and it worked. We, we we still looked good. I would have probably at that point though taken off Zavada because he wasn't looking like he was going to score, and changed up the the front end, put made that slightly different. Well, I, I think poss- a possible reason why he wasn't looking to pull Zavada off was uh, a certain Ben Wayne, who was missing, uh, and is now permanently missing. That's a massive, a massive win for Ben Wayne, obviously going off to uh, Plymouth, uh, former former club of uh, Scott Wooten. I believe that his, his coach used to play with David Ball. Yeah, something about godfather to his parents or something. Fleet, Fleetwood Town, I think they used to play together. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that, um, that's a pretty good uh, effort for him, but it does leave us a little bit short in that nine spot. Van Hatton. Van Hatton is going to be the next logical one off the out of the uh, squad that we currently have uh, well, to take Wayne's minutes. As well. Yeah, but he's not a nine. He's not a nine. He's, yeah. he's a midfielder. He's more of an eight to ten. Um, so he would be in there for you, you Garkovich, through to Krajev kind of space. Um, so great player, though, Wayne. Like, really, really good, talented young player. Um, really excited to see what he can do if he gets the opportunity to step up to that level. But he's certainly not a nine. Um you might look at someone like Riley Bidwa again out of the academy. So if you're going to if you're going to be pulling out of the academy, we're going to have to. We've got all the wide strikers, we've got all the tens and stuff. If you're going to look at a nine, there really is only Van Ham and Bidwa that we can call on at this point in time. It's Barbarossa, I mean, as well. But he's not a nine, though, right? He's not a genuine out and he's more he's more an eleven. He's eleven like Sass is an eleven. They interpret the role slightly different. They have different skill sets, but they're not nines. Yeah, they're they're little man off big man. Well, Costa normally is. I mean, Costa played up there when he came on in this game. And yeah, he, played, he, played he played off the really shoulder, really... didn't he? He off the shoulder of Zavada yeah. when he came on. Because that's where really that well. space was. Yeah, he did. Either we play very well. He's unlucky not to get that goal. Um, again, one of those games. But <laughs> <laughs> Just going back to the Wayne thing. How much do you reckon the transfer fee was? What do you? What, what's your ballpark guesses? Oh, I've got genuinely no idea. Um, it is two and a half years, though. So it's a substantial whack. And... Um, he had two and a half years left on his contract, did he? Oh, all I know is he signed a two and a half year deal. Um, what I thought was interesting from reading the article that I read was that they have tried before, yeah. but didn't offer enough, and then they've come back. I don't know whether they've offered more or whether we've reduced our fee or what, but they've come to some agreement. So, I, yeah. I mean, I don't have numbers in mind, but I just read that and thought it was quite interesting. I didn't think that Plymouth had offered. I thought it was Coventry. It's two things. Yeah, Coventry was before he signed a new contract with us. Where was that, last season or the season before, maybe? It was last season, but they their offer was rejected because it was too yeah. small. And then and Plymouth, yeah, um, they apparently offered a six-figure fee. I don't know if that six-figure was pounds or dollars, um, but you expect... I mean, the Phoenix were basically, we don't we value him for more than that, so we're not releasing him. So you got to assume it's a higher fee. I'm just, I'm, I'm really struggling to kind of guess what. Uh, do you think it's like a sort of 150 to 200,000 kind of ballpark? No, I think it's more likely to be more like a four to 500,000 ballpark. You reckon? Yeah, I do. In League One? 
Yeah, that's certainly that's certainly it's on a lot of a lot of cash for them. They're also getting a a young talented striker who they if they develop right can make they can make a lot of money out of as well. well what so, did Kikache go for when he went to Belgium? Oh, I think it was about that, wasn't it? I thought it was a bit more, but they might have been pounds to be honest. Again, yeah, it's 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 hard to know for sure, mate. Um, we don't know even what the Knicks' valuation would be of him, so it's hard. It's hard to have any idea, really. So what I do know for sure is that there was a very sad young man in the crowd. Um, is it Ben? Oh. White? Uh, ben? Uh, sorry, not Ben. Old David Ball. <laughs> I said young man. Um, he's young. He's a young man to me. Yeah, he's a young man to me as well. <laughs> no, so um, Cappy's boy um, is a hu- huge Wayne fan. And he had his uh, Phoenix shirt that he'd got for the, at the start of the season. And uh, for Christmas, he got Wayne 18 put on the back of it. Oh, <laughs> and then just no. days later, the announcement oh. came through. Um, he was very, very upset. And um, even when Cappy was reminiscing and telling us the story in the stands on the weekend, um, Sam was again... In tears, poor little fella. Oh, mate, oh, that's sad. Right, t- talking of talking of tears, I think Ben Wayne just about almost cried on his sort of farewell video, didn't he? He was he was uh, I reckon he was pretty close to welling up. He did that well, mate. Actually, I thought he, that was a really nice touch. Uh, he did say that it was like his eighteenth attempt. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we should give a shout out to the obviously to the academy. Um, that uh, brought him through. Uh, I didn't appreciate that he um, really hadn't made any headway in the um, juniors until, what was it, the 19s or 20s. Yeah. So he's basically come out of Pyroos. Was it Pyroos City? Yeah. I was talking to Paul Temple because I I vaguely remember him not being on any radar until he signed. And I was like, where's this guy come from? Because he wasn't in the under-17s. And... I don't remember him sort of playing local football. Like, I don't remember his name being banning around. So he's, he was playing for Porra City and um, Hibs College Football, which, if everyone's seen college football, it's pretty... It's right. Like, it's whatever, let, whatever rung down below park football is. Yeah, so he, he's basically someone's, I think, maybe I remember Andy Hedge may have known him from sort of around the traps and got him in. And I mean, obviously, someone's spotted something in him and he's obviously got a good attitude and he's kind of gone from... In four years, he's gone gone from nothing to, you know, living a career in the UK. Yeah, good on him. Um, yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic for the kid. Uh, good for the club because it shows the academy is working again. So that's what three that have uh, moved on from the academy for transfer fees to uh, European clubs. Um, yeah, it, it can only bode well moving forward that there's that. That we're able to produce those players, uh, we're going to produce more of them again, you know, in the future. Uh, and even if they don't necessarily make it through to our first team, they could still end up doing things like Bell, Bell did, you know, moving across the college and then playing pro in Europe. So it, sh- it shows that those part that pathway is working, which is great for New Zealand football as a whole. Yeah, it's quite interesting that um, you know Plymouth at top of the table and looking really good for a promotion and they're still prepared to throw money at him despite the possibility of being in the championship next year. It shows they've got a lot of faith in, in his trajectory, I think. Well, they just lost their uh, striker. He was uh, on loan from, I can't remember where, but he's been recalled. So, oh, Apparently he's an attacking midfielder. So oh, who scored a lot of goals. Yeah, but they've, they've now signed someone else to replace him as well. So um, I'll tell you what, I mean, I know like they're going well, but you'd much rather go into a winning team um, that's playing well 
and trying to take your chances with your 10 or 20 minutes you get at the end than trying to slog away some goals for a team that's struggling to, to score them, right? You'd, you'd yeah. much rather go into okay. a team team cruising. Yeah, and you know, in the in a kid like with the attributes that Wayne has naturally, even before he's learned their systems and learned their uh, learned their tactics, you know that his athletic ability, you, what they're going to get from him is however many minutes, it's going to be a hundred percent the whole way. He's going to run hard. He's going to run into space. He's going to track back. He's going to do all those basic things you want your strikers to do uh, in the twenty minutes they get at the end to bust a gut for you. So he's uh, yeah, I think he'll endear himself to. Um, to that club quite quickly and it should go well for him yeah i mean it'd be interesting to see how the next sort of six months this season pans out and how much how many minutes he gets gets i mean mm. i think with the uh, you almost wouldn't want them to you know speaking for ben ben old's case you almost wouldn't want them to get promoted because if they do go up to the championship they're more likely to try and sign some um some names and some goals from somewhere else to to keep that foothold in but you know He's there now. He's got an opportunity uh, if he takes it. I I don't think they'd have signed him if they didn't think they could turn him into a championship striker. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at their who they've like their squad, and they're all early twenties. Like, I think they're I think they're a club that's trying to moneyball this kind of thing. Like, they're they're going to try find cheap but young, enthusiastic with players who've got potential. Um, they've scored the signs. I think three people in this transfer window, maybe four, and they're all, you know, early 20s. Um, yeah, so they're trying to put together kind of a young, you know, team that, well, that's not going to cost too much. Anyway, we should carry on and just, I noticed that we've merrily diverted off talking about Zavada's uh, missed chances, and I think that's probably for the best of our own mental health. Uh we have a, the next game up is away versus the struggling Sydney Um uh, Finn Sermon and Ben Old are back. Uh, I guess we can just call him Ben now, actually. Um, and Sam Sutton is still ill. Um, do we know what's wrong with Sutton? No, but Ben Wayne was apparently ill and he's Ill as well, yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. Um, yeah, um, conspiracy theory, Dale? Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe he's just got COVID. Who knows? I mean, our whole family's sick at the moment, so I suspect there's still bugs going around at the moment. So maybe he's got the same thing. Well, I'm glad this is a video chat then. Um, I can cough down the line if you like. Yeah, thanks, mate. But no, I I was at um, a shop the other day and this woman was coughing profusely. I was literally starting to feel sick just listening to her. Um, so Sydney's struggling. Um, this is this is the time to get back on the the winning horse, surely. Yeah, I get that last nail in Corica's coffin. I think if they well, if we manage to beat them. Do we want that to happen, seeing as the obvious replacement? Quite happy for it to happen after they play us. I don't know if you're thinking of the consequences, Cam, related to our coach. Sure, but do it now, and then they'll appoint someone straight away, and and he's tied up and won't let him go. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, so replace Koroka mid-season, so that yeah. Ufi's still... Still nice. ours, yep. Um, well, um, one thing that may affect... Uh, the ability to retain uh, Ufi is that the All Whites coach, um, uh, Des Buckingham, has uh, pulled out of that race. He was obviously a, a he, he was, it was said to be a um, one of the preferred candidates. Um, I would assume that Ufi would be there or thereabouts. Um, so that presumably does uh, 
Ufi no uh, no harm in his attempt. Do we think he's got a genuine shot at it? I think he's probably preferred candidate now that Dez isn't involved. He might have been preferred candidate anyway, to be fair, but uh, I'd, I'd certainly put him at the top of the list of the, the names that have been thrown about. Do we think that New Zealand football might be a bit gun-shy considering um, our last overseas coach wasn't uh, a roaring success, despite now being the US national coach? Oh, interim. I've said it before. I just don't see how it can it can work. I don't know how both jobs can work. Like when Ricky was doing it, you had yeah half the starting all white squad were playing for the Phoenix. Now it's one or two, maybe three. You've got so many other players overseas, different countries. So it's not just the it's not just the international windows we need to be worried about. It's the keeping tabs of players overseas during the outside of those windows, selecting squads, keeping up to date with what they're doing. I just don't see how it's feasible to do both jobs. And we also know from Des, from previous interviews that we've done with him, that he spent a lot of time and a lot of his own money travelling around the planet to keep tabs and keep in contact with those players, even at an under-20 level when he was involved with the under-20s. So he's um, there's a, yeah, a lot of time and effort that goes into exactly that. And I think of the people that could do it, I think Ufi probably is one of them, but it would have to be an incredibly organized and stringent mindset to keep those things compartmentalized enough to be able to do them justice do we uh, I'm, I'm assuming just by this conversation that we do want to retain Ufi and that that I'm asking the um, the implicit question yeah I think so um, the turnaround that he's continued in the club after Rudan left and obviously did start a turnaround in their fortunes of the club um, but the continuation for Ufi of making, even during COVID, making playoffs, uh, was it two out of the three seasons he's been in charge and being competitive all the way through and possibly without COVID having a good shot at uh, grand final in, in that first year. Um, he's continued that good work. I think there's, there's fantastic signs within the club and even with the, in the current squad, even though we're overturning those or turning those points over that we should be getting, there's a lot of good signs there that we are playing good football that can result in us moving up that table permanently. I want to see him retained and given the opportunity to do more. I guess the other question is, and I, I agree, and I don't necessarily want to see him gone, but I guess the other question is, uh, who else? Who are the other options? Very good question, Tracy. Within, within the club, there's like we've got some good assistants and some people who are very good at the stuff that they do, but I don't necessarily know if they are the right people to step into it. Yeah, I think that's key, right? Like I think you can be a good assistant coach and not be able to be a head coach. Um, same goes for any kind of role, I guess. Um, so do you stay looking in that environment? It's also an age thing, right? Like some of those coaches who are in the academy space are working with younger players um, do they have the ability to work with older players? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just a complete dynamic shift. It's a very good point, Tracy. Um, but uh, is it, I'm also going to throw back to Sydney and say, ignoring the uh, outcomes for coaches, um, is this kind of, are we getting towards that must-win scenario? 
if we want to have a realistic chance of hitting semis. I know mathematically it's not even a question yet. Yeah, oh, it's only three points out of the top four, isn't it? We're still, it's a really, really tight mid-table and a couple of wins here or there and really changes perspective. It's also very tight down to 12. It's also a confidence thing, right? If you don't start to win, then you don't win later on. So yes, I think it is approaching a must win to get the confidence to go, oh yeah, we can, <laughs> we can win. Um and comfortably and take our opportunities and if we don't start doing that soon then it's going to just decrease the chances of it happening later on the further you go without winning the further you go without winning if that sounds really yeah, stupid winning begets but... winning nah, winning begets winning it's a fair point Dale you're awake yeah I'm here yeah um, not necessarily a must win but I think not to lose is is, a, is key is also um but I think I think they're there for the taking. Um, they got Lolly out suspended. Not exactly going well. I know. I know. Um, uh, if he hasn't beaten Sydney so far in his tenure, so there's always time for the first, I suppose. Uh, so Dale's. I'll paraphrase. You think that you think they're due? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. I mean, I will, I will provide some happiness insurance at the TAB just in case, but. Yes, I feel like we 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 should have a good chance of winning it. And that game is on the oh, that seventh. is on seventh. Uh, at um nine, at seven something rather. The women's team are playing, I believe, at five. It's five um, and seven, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is just before I start having to think about going back to work because that's awesome. Uh. I am just keying myself up for that double header on the 22nd so that I can get down to the stadium and after a three, two match winning streak, I can go and watch some winning football in person. Uh, any other wise words before we scarper into the night? You make us sound so mysterious. Yeah, well, if they could see the video chat, <laughs> everyone would know full well behind the curtain. Um, Considering our chat uh, at the beginning, Trace, that's probably where it should stay, behind the curtain. Um, well, I think we'll wrap up there. Uh, thank you all for joining me so that I didn't just talk my complete waffle the entire time. Uh, we will uh, have another chat, hopefully more positive, uh, next week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again soon. Bye. Yeah.